0: From those in the know to those who need to know, this is the Indie Weekly Podcast.
1: Alright, we're back again for another week. Coming up on the podcast in just a minute or two, it's another conversation we're sharing with uh, conference founder Daryl hers from the 2022 Indie Week online conference. In it, Daryl's chatting with Karen Kozowski, a Canadian record producer, engineer, songwriter, and musician who's now based in Nashville. Though Karen comes from Winnipeg's like DIY indie music scene, she's really made a name for herself as a hit maker in country music. Most notably, she's worked very closely with Mickey Guyton, for whom she produced the majority of Guyton's triple Grammy nominated album, Remember Her Name. And Karen is also a co-writer on several of the album tracks. With Mickey Gunn, Karen has played the national anthem at the Super Bowl, as well as performed at the Grammy Awards and a bunch of other really high-profile spots. It's a really interesting career she's had, especially in recent years. But as always, before we get to this week's conversation, we must first acknowledge that the land on which Indie Week is based is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Ashinaabe, Métis, and Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. Of course, we must also thank our sponsors and funders. Those are Slate Music, CD Baby, Actor Racks, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, SEMA, City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, and the SOCAN Foundation. We must also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. Without the support of all them, we couldn't do the work we do for the music community, so a big thank you. To all those companies organizations and government bodies all right now to this week's conversation
0: this is another session i've been really looking forward to uh also i kind of want a personal uh note because uh our guest karen kozowski uh, i've known for some time uh, back when i was booking a club called the b-side in toronto and i just want to highlight the importance of venues where artists can develop and artists have a stage. Um, B side was a venue that not a lot of people knew it was off Queen Street, not on Queen Street and everybody want was like, oh, it's on Queen Street. No, no, it's it's a block off of Queen Street. And um, just like out of that venue also came Rick, like we had Ricky Tilo, who is like music director for Lady Gaga, Dan Cantor, who is music director for Bieber. Um, Peter Katz, uh, so many artists went through that type of stage. And I just want to say the importance of venues where artists can develop and start. And, uh, our guest, Karen Kazowski also played that stage. And and that's where I got to know Karen. Um, and since Karen has done amazing things, uh, now well sought after producer and songwriter in Nashville and, uh, I'm not going to say much more. I'm going to let Karen uh, introduce herself and give a little bit of a bio background.
2: <laughs> well, thanks so much, Daryl. It's great to see you again after all this time. Um, yeah, I uh, I started out, you know, over 20 years ago as a, a singer-songwriter because I knew I liked to write songs and I liked to make my own records. And um, at that time, when I was first getting going, I thought, Well, I see all these examples of all these singer songwriters going out and performing their own music so I figured that must be what I'm supposed to do. Um, I had no idea that there were so many different kinds of jobs behind the scenes and the different options that were available I I was a little clueless so (laughs) I spent a long time um, as a solo artist and that's when Daryl, you and I met and uh, I was doing all sorts of things I mean I started out in Winnipeg and I was gigging around there and making some records and then i moved to toronto and you know was gigging around toronto and and did some touring in the us and you know kind of like wore a lot of hats as an indie singer songwriter myself um but that's when i got the love of being hands-on with my own recordings and and doing it myself and and really getting into the the technical side of it as well and, and Um, arranging and all those kinds of things. And so I feel like um, even though it was a very long and winding path that brought me to working behind the scenes and writing for other artists and producing for other artists and not focusing on myself as an artist, um, I think it gave me a real, really wide, (laughs) wide, wide, wide range of experience that's really contributed to what I do now, which is, you know, for the last more than a decade, I've been um, exclusively working for other people, uh, producing records for other people, I started doing that in Toronto, and it was kind of a mixture of pop and, and then it started to become a little bit more country and country pop and things like that. And I I was taking trips to LA and Nashville and New York and London and kind of seeing where I might want to, you know, test the waters and and I kind of fell in love with the music I was making in Nashville. Um, So almost six years ago, uh, I established a little studio down here and and based myself here. And uh, it's been, it's been a pretty, pretty wild ride. (laughs) You know, um, in Nashville is a really cool scene where there's a lot of collaboration that happens every single day. And so I was able to um, be writing with people, really fast and, and immediately kind of be getting to know people and meeting people, and meeting publishers. And um, and then I guess some of the biggest things that have happened for me have been the last couple of years with um, one of the artists that uh, I established a relationship from near the beginning of my time here in Nashville, um, Mickey Guyton. She and I um, started writing about four or five years ago, and then that led to me producing for her. Um, first it was like one or two tracks here or there, something for a movie or something like that and then uh, then it ended up being an EP and a record and the record was nominated for three Grammys (laughs) and uh, we, I played on the Super Bowl with her (laughs) and The Tonight Show and it's been, it's been a wild ride Um, and she's amazing and she's really cool for bringing me out to do those kinds of things as well because then I get to Get a little taste of being back on stage again, which I still I still love to get the opportunity, but I'm glad it's not me as, as the front person anymore. <laughs> so in a nutshell, that's that's me. That's, that's who I am. And I'm here in my studio in Nashville right now.
0: Yeah, I gotta say it's been uh, really amazing to sort of see the last couple of years and all the little announcements that are coming out and like really building that story. Um, because uh some people might not know mickey guyton here maybe um describe her music and a little bit about her because really groundbreaking is is what's happening i i see
2: yeah mickey i mean she's she's a country artist She's signed to capitol records here in nashville um and uh i mean her story um It's it's kind of a long one like you know nashville's a a 10 year town, they say at the best of times, but she's been signed to a major label for 10 years and hadn't put out a record, and you know had only done a couple things here there and and when I met her, she was kind of in a place in her journey where she. um, had felt like she had tried being all these other kinds of things that everyone wanted her to be and then when. I met her she was ready to say forget it I'm done listening to everyone I just want to say what I want to say. And I'm going to say some things that are a little more political or I'm going to you know and if in country music that could be a real lightning rod you know so she was really brave and, and daring and spoke out about a lot of social issues and. Um, the songs I, I mean. The song that kind of started the snowball rolling. Uh, a couple years ago back at the very beginning of 2020 was a song that we wrote called what are you going to tell her and this is really not usual for country music it's it's very outspoken about um you know the idea of if you have a daughter you know what do you tell her about growing up in the world and and maybe some inequalities she might experience and and struggles and challenges. Do you tell her? Do you warn her? Do you, <laughs> you know it's sort of a question that that me and Mickey and Victoria Banks and Emily, we all wrote the song together. We were we were talking about it, um, you know, and so we wrote a song on that topic and definitely didn't feel like it was, you know, a radio banger by any means. Um, but uh her label got really excited about it and had her and I perform it just like a couple of weeks later at a very large conference in Nashville uh, called CRS, um, and we played it at the Ryman. And I remember Mickey saying she thought this was going to end her career because she's performing a song that's being critical about a bunch of social issues in front of a bunch of radio people. <laughs> and uh, but it it that was the thing that started the snowball rolling, and then we did an EP and we did a record and. Mickey, that is a huge part of Mickey's story that, like, as you said, you know, it's a really interesting story and how she, um, you know, became her authentic self. And, and it, that's what worked for her.
0: Well, it, it, I'm, I'm thinking like the last discussion we just had with Jane Sibbery, this resonates so much about being your authentic self and um, people will rally around you when you get to that point, because often we're kind of, um, uh, how do I say it? I guess we're sort of giving up parts of what we want to be to fit the commercial needs of companies we work with and things like that. But if you do be your authentic self, you actually then open up the doors to do more and really elevate exactly what you want to be. And it's, it's championed. Um, but yeah, Mickey Guyton, it's a great story. Uh, Zach shared the link, so I hope everybody does visit the website. And um, y- you mentioned Emily. Uh, so part of this discussion I wanted to talk about is, you know, uh, as an artist, producer, moving to another territory, must have been one, that's you going out on a stretch on a limb uh, Absolutely. taking a chance. <laughs> so what was <laughs> that like, you know, like, like trying to establish yourself in a, in a foreign market and especially Nashville, like Nashville is competitive, you, you know, it says yeah. a lot
2: <laughs> Best of the best are here. I mean, I'm every day, I'm fully aware that I'm competing with some of the biggest producers in the whole world right here in my neighborhood. It's uh, it's extremely intimidating. I mean, it felt surreal coming down here at first. And uh, I think the reason why it worked out for me is, you know, I had a lot of experience and I'd I'd worked really hard up to this point. So I was prepared to just really dig in and work as hard and hard as hard as I could. (laughs) And Nashville is the kind of town where people really do believe in collaborating and and casting the net far and wide and and publishers are constantly um, trying to connect writers with other writers. And so that for me, that was as a producer, I'm a writer and a producer. And sometimes I write songs that I also go on to produce. Sometimes I write songs that I'll produce a demo for and then that artist might go and take it and and produce a final version with another producer. And that's great, too. So for me, um, there's a wide range of options that can happen, but usually my foot in the door with a new artist when we're just getting to know each other creatively is to write a song. And so to do that, that's, that's easy. I mean, you know, the publishers just connect us and we meet and you know my publisher is Sony down here Sony Music Publishing and they, they're great they're always, you know, I'm always getting to meet some of the new up and comers that are <laughs> coming up through the ranks here, and um but i wasn't published i didn't have a publisher when i moved down here i think it was really just the fact that people are very open and wanting to collaborate um that made that easier i have experienced it a little bit harder in other cities where it's just hard to find the scene but nashville is kind of a a big small town and it's just it's easier to find the music scene here
0: so so it sounds like it was actually you're welcomed into the community as opposed to you're an outsider when you move down,
2: uh, or, I mean, or I,
0: did it take a while?
2: I feel, I feel lucky that um, there were a few champions that I met early on um, that, you know, wanted to get me writing with their writers or their artists. Um, you know, uh, Scott Sherrod from Rare Spark, publishing, was a, an early champion. And he, he's the one who actually set up my very first write with Mickey and Victoria Banks. Victoria Banks was one of his signed writers. And he, he he and Scott and I had met and he had heard some of the stuff I'd done. And so he said, hey, do you want to try a write with Victoria and Mickey? And I was like, absolutely. You know, um, It's just a matter of word of mouth obviously is always the best way like you can't just go and start handing out your business card and you know you can't force something but once a couple people start hearing what you're doing and if you know if they're digging what you're doing they're gonna you know spread the word their word will travel so it's just a very organic process that just has to kind of happen
0: yeah it's it resonates with a lot of the messages that have been discussed over the last couple days is how much how important relationships are. And uh, I got to say, in my own personal experience, I've been self-employed since late 90s. And every gig I get is from a referral from somebody else who heard about something. Uh, Even me working for CD Baby Downtown was a referral. Um, So really, you know, be nice to people. Uh, Often I say, try to help them before they have to help you. Um, Helps Create those relationships um, and and so you you feel lucky in in getting that s- step in um, how did you build that relationship prior to that
2: how did i meet some of those champions you mean
0: yeah yeah
2: again it was it was a bit of luck and a bit of word of mouth like um uh i feel like it was you know one of my co-writers that i had i had written a song with down here who I met through a friend who actually through Emily, she had been down here and she set up some rights for us. And I met some co-writers through that. And those co-writers had publishers who heard the demo that I did and the song that we wrote. And then, you know, that's kind of how I met them. And then they reached out to me and it's, it really is just like, that's the strongest way, you know, to is just, and I guess to answer your question, it stemmed from someone I knew well who, at, at the very beginning Emily was one of the first few people who she had already come down for a couple of trips she had met some people so she was connecting me because she believed in what I do and she you know it's very much that kind of a scene and it stems from also building your own crew like Emily was my crew she and I used to co-write all the time in Toronto we both moved down to Nashville about the same time so there's it's really important To look around you and and kind of find your crew that are at your level, and that can trickle up, but when I came to Nashville like one thing I was really aware of is not being like Okay, I'm going to go right for Carrie Underwood now, (laughs) That's just not how it happens, you know. um, They already have their crew so anytime you're trying to get into a new scene, anytime you're trying to, um, whether it's, you know, other cities, or even within your own city, and you're trying to just create your, you know, build your reputation and get to know people and create your network. I think it's always important for people to remember how important their current crew is and and building that up. And, and then you guys all rise together. And then that that will, you know, there will be some cross pollination, but um, but a lot of my opportunities stemmed from long-standing relationships that I'd been building for a very long time and people who who knew what I was good at and felt comfortable putting themselves out there to recommend me to other people, you
0: know? Yeah, and M- Emily, she actually played Indie Week before she moved down there, uh, so we, we, we knew of Emily as well. Um, and, and it says something like... I'm finding that there's more and more Canadians moving to Nashville. Uh, Like there's guitar players that are gigging. Uh, Again, I kind of want to make that comment on, you know, taking that chance and having faith in yourself. Um, It's a tough one, you know. I moved to Toronto on a whim. I was in a band and our singer said, so uh, we might be breaking the band up. I'm moving to Toronto and I was like, no, I'll move without any thought and got rid of everything threw it in a van and drove across country with literally no plan uh and it's the best thing i ever did um so so can you comment a little bit about that part of it of like really trusting yourself when you're going out on a limb that's one of the hardest thing and almost i gotta say so many artists and music industry stories is that i took a chance so so what what were you feeling when, when, you know, I'm, I'm going to Nashville and, and taking a chance.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause like on one hand, like, yes. I mean, even when I moved from Winnipeg, Toronto to Toronto, it was the same thing. I packed up my two cats into the back of my Dodge neon through my mom was throwing like hangers from my closet into my trunk. And I drove off through a blizzard to get to Toronto in, the, in 2001. Um, and I had no idea, you know, what would happen, but uh, yeah, I feel like every time in my experience, every time I've made a, a major leap of faith, um, I feel like it's paid off. But it's not just like, hey, if you do this, that it's all going to work out. Absolutely not. I mean, I'm, I'm a major preparer. <laughs> you know it's funny because being in such a risky career like this i'm actually a very like risk averse person as well i think i like to over prepare (laughs) and do as much as i can to because there's so many crazy risks that we take so for me i mean i would say it was a real combination everything i've done in my career has been a real combination of taking a big leap of faith Hoping it's going to work out, um, but also the context of, of backing it up with working my butt off and, you know, trying to learn as much as I can and and, and never, never relaxing and thinking that I know everything, you know, just continually trying to up my game, up my game, up my game all the time.
1: And we'll be back crypto, Web3, blockchain, metaverse. Let's be honest, most of us don't know what the hell this actually means, but it's important and it's going to affect your music business, your music career. So let's all get past the hype, the buzzwords and find out what all this stuff you're hearing about is actually going to mean for you and the music industry. Plus, it would be nice to also connect with innovators, thinkers, the folks leading the way in this tech frontier Meet us at Screen by Screen from February 7th and 9th. Plus, our online platform also helps you kickstart relationships with other artists, creators, and professionals. So meet us there February 7th and 9th, 2023, Screen by Screen. That is ScreenXScreen.com.
0: And we're back. It's something to be said to just take that leap of faith without a safety net forces you into... Uh, I'm 120% committed in what I'm doing because otherwise the option B isn't looking good. <laughs> true, uh, very true. <laughs> but, you know, like, because I, I feel like I, I feel very similar. Like when I moved to Toronto, I was lucky because I was able, I was working at HMV and I was able to move my job to HMV, but I found myself without a job within six months. So now I'm in Toronto with no job and it forced me to, Figure stuff out, and and it's a that's a phrase I've used a lot. Is well, just figure it out. Like the whole music business is, figure it out. <laughs> Definitely. So um, now, what do you see next steps? Like, I mean, you you're on a. I got I gotta say, like I hear your name a lot now. Uh, a lot of people talk about you. Um, what what is the the next steps in future look like? Like. What's, where do you kind of go? Okay. I'm at this level. And like, what are your goals? Like, I'm just sort of curious, you know, what's next steps?
2: Well, I mean, I'm always just looking to make music that really excites me. Um, And uh, so there's a few artists that right now I'm, I'm sort of got some things in development with. And I mean, I'm really just always thinking about like, what's going to be the new fun thing to work on, (laughs) you know? And um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, again, it's not like I look at the next, you know, five years of my life and say, well, this is what's going to happen here and here and here. Cause I know by now that there's just no predicting what's going to happen. Like if you had asked me a year before I came to Nashville, if I thought I'd be in Nashville, I had no idea. <laughs> and if you had asked me, you know, even a, a month before, I was writing an arrangement of the Star Spangled Banner for the Super Bowl that I would be doing that. Definitely not was not on my radar. Like, that's the thing about this business is that you just don't know. And I feel like Nashville is one of those towns, too, where you just sometimes one day you get a call and you're like, whoa, (laughs) that's happening now. I had no idea I'd be doing that. (laughs) Um, So you just kind of have to like prepare and and i'm always you know like i said i'm always you know trying to like pursue music that excites me and do something something exciting to me and what what do i enjoy and looking for artists to work with that i really connect creatively and we're going to do something cool together um and then to kind of like trust trust the universe to figure it out you know
0: have you ever had a situation where there was an artist that wanted to work with you that, you know, might've been a notable artist, but you, you may, may have turned it down or like this doesn't feel right, or this isn't the type of music I want to work with. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like if you had the other type of experience.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I'd say that, you know, the way I respond to those situations, or or the way that I view those situations has changed over the years, too, it's very contextual, you know, Um, I feel like something that, you know, when you're first getting started, any experience doing anything is really important. And then I feel like, you know, luckily, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm able to try to focus on things that I feel like are where my interests lie, um, you know, more now. Um, If that makes sense, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, And you're right about if you're getting started, often you have to say yes to almost everything just to get your name out there, but build connections. And also, often I find that there's sort of like show that you're willing to, To work and do stuff because sometimes when people are turning stuff down you're kind of turned into the oh they say no to everything and hard to work with and and that might be difficult that's and that's their path to choose as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah it's just an interesting thing. Um, And I want to sort of circle back to what you said about finding your crew that importance of finding that team that you work with. Um, Because. Uh, you know, friends of mine were part of a marketing group and and they have that type of circle. And I saw that and i was like, how do I get into that circle? How do I get to be part of them? Luckily, with one of them, I was able to, and we did work with like Live Nation for a number of years and things like that. But I find that a lot of people don't understand reciprocal, like, we would hand work to somebody, and then there's an opportunity And they don't call back and and like there's a there's a two way street to building this team it's it's keeping taking care of everybody is how I call it everybody gets fed everybody gets work. Um, Maybe talk about you know building your team and building your crew a little bit because it's so important.
2: yeah I mean I feel like it's something you know that can't be stressed enough that when the time is right for those larger um, companies, labels, publishers, artists, they will find you. Um, I feel like, you know, as an example, um, I've done sometimes talks at, you know, um, talks for different classes for recording, you know, recording schools and things or, um, and sometimes some of the students reach out to me after wanting to write or collaborate or something. And it's just, we're not in the same places in our careers and they're not ready. And the problem is that if you spend all your time doing that but you're putting putting yourself out there and maybe you're not at the right place yet for those people, but you're reaching up there you're skipping you're trying to skip a bunch of steps and that can actually backfire because that publisher or that label, they've heard you and now they've got an impression of you. That's the first impression. That's your chance. You had your first impression and. That can. Yeah, from then on, they're never going to say to you, I'm sorry, but you're not there yet. They're just going to be very polite, but then they're not going to take your calls <laughs> after that point. Like. You want to be strategic about how you put yourself out there, and you want to. That that's why looking for the people around you. Like you know, if I'm talking to a class of of students who are looking to get into co-writing, and and being writing and be professional writers and write for other artists, I would tell them that the best the best thing they could do is look around at the other students in their class. They're all wanting to do the same thing and they're all coming from that place, and that is what they should be trying to. You know, build their crew from and, and if they all rise together, they can all rise together, I mean I see it in nashville all the time where there's these pockets of people and some of them are the really successful ones, but they all came up together. You know, they all started from nothing together and they all were kind of doing the co-writes and they were the only people that they were writing with at that time. They weren't getting the bigger rights. And then gradually one one of them and another one of them started getting more success and they kept writing together because they clicked and gradually that crew becomes, oh, that's the those are the people who are writing all the hit songs now. But that's how they got there. It's It doesn't, it, it's not like, someone's going to come and pluck you out. <laughs> it's, that doesn't really happen. It's, it's, it's definitely, you have to look at it like a longer haul. And I know it's not super exciting <laughs> when you put it that way, but it pays off. It just, you have to put in that time and, you know, people, people respect that. People have respect for that when you do that.
0: Yeah. And and when you have that crew sort of around you, it's almost like, a safety like a safe space as well like it's easier to take chances within uh a, you know an area that you feel safe in and and i think that that you're all taking that chance together as well right. so you're not isolated and alone uh if that makes sense yeah you know definitely. um yeah and it, it's, it's funny because like uh, you know like i went to grant McEwen in edmonton and it was the same thing the first network was the other students yeah. um it, it was the other students and and uh we called on each other for hey i need i need somebody to play saxophone on this track you know and um uh, it was really important and i find a lot of people and then it, maybe it's this sort of the state of mental health within our industry are sometimes a little bit more hesitant to reach out at, at times and um uh, and I know that that's just a factor. I, I teach at Harrison, I see that sometimes taking place. So so there is a mental health side of things in the industry right now with artists. And um, I think that's why it's important to have conversations like this and also build really safe spaces that everybody's included and in, and try to build um, confidence to be able to have a voice, I think is really important. Okay. Um, yeah. and. You know, some some of the things that you've done, um, you mentioned the Super Bowl, the Grammys. Um, you know, kind of what I was alluding to is like, where do you go from there? Like, like is there some something you re- haven't done yet that you're really looking forward to to achieving? And I'm just sort of curious about that, because those are pretty big steps. I gotta say, <laughs> those are pretty big steps.
2: Honestly, I mean, this this business is so fickle. I don't, I just want to be able to keep doing enough of this to be able to live happily. (laughs) You know, like I'm grateful for everything that's happened. And, you know, I just want to keep doing it. You know, I just want to be able to keep writing with people. And I know that things go through trends and things go through, you know, someone's a buzz person at one point and then they aren't. And that, You know i feel like i spent the first 20 years of of this business just constantly um wanting to be somewhere that i hadn't gotten to yet and at the same time i think it really prepared me for the long haul for you know hey like maybe this was maybe 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 the super bowl happened this year but then it may never happen again or you know it's so amazing that this record got nominated for some Grammys. I can only hope that maybe that'll happen again sometime, but you never know. Like I, and I don't want to spend my time too focused on that. Cause I feel like, you know, I think the real, the real thing that, that will bring about those better things is just focusing on trying to make the best music you can make, you know, like constantly, like I, I would love to, I would love to feel like I was proud of everything I do all the time. I would love to feel confident in that. And, you know, you always feel intimidated. You always feel like there's somewhere. I I think that's what it is, is that I always feel like there's something I haven't learned or there's something I'm not doing as well as this other producer. And I'm always like, ah, damn it. you know i think for me that's what i focus on the most and that's probably what i'm always striving for is like i'm like ah everything i do sucks and everything everyone else does sounds so great (laughs) now what (laughs) you know it's it's a it's a constant struggle it doesn't matter what you've done or if you've had a number one or if you've had you know grammy nominations or anything like that there's always an element of like feeling like you know there's still so much to learn I think that's a good thing though. I think it keeps, keeps us humble. I,
0: I, I, you know, you've answered that very eloquently in, in the sense that, you know, uh, we you know, if we strive towards certain things it may actually distract us from the true goal of, like you said, producing good music and being proud of the work. And I think the more we focus on that other people will recognize it and, and it gets easier. Uh, But, um, you know, you're right. You can't sit on our laurels as everything keeps changing that it's a constant learning experience as well. And I think when people kind of start going, ah, I'm in a good place and that's great. But when they stop learning, I think that that can really, you know, put a, a, a a stop in, in growth and progress and that could have a real bad impact on their career. Um, Now, I I wanted to sort of talk a bit about um, because I'm thinking about a point you made about people wanting to kind of skip the steps Mm. that it it took a bit for me to process. So sorry, I'm going back to it, but uh, it reminded me as I was actually my first time managing a country artist, uh, oddly enough, and he's a younger younger artist and he's great like fantastic he could write songs no problem his voice was but um his mom was also present and was like he should be on the radio Uh, not quite ready yet and i don't want to pitch this song yet no he should he should be on the radio right now and why haven't you pitched it and i'm like well i don't want it to be their first impression of Of him because I know there's much better coming in the next few years Um, but that turned into a divide and and I actually like okay I can't can't work anymore with you because of this so yeah
2: there you go there's a perfect example of it backfiring you know and that wasn't even you know you were at least trying to be helpful by guiding that process and being like, hey, maybe we should wait a little bit, you know, and then that backfired with you. So there's a perfect example, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, an interesting thing because I see it a fair bit is, is, you know, a lot of the things about the music business is it's not like any other business in the world. It's, um, you know, you go to school to be a lawyer, become a lawyer. You go to school, to be a doctor, become a doctor. And and there's frameworks there where this is kind of a choose your own adventure process a lot of the times and and I think that that's one of the hardest part is there's no real blueprint and it's really define yourself and find yourself in this world of music um yeah what what do you is do you have any extra comment on that because because it really is like a choose your own adventure
2: it really is I mean there's no one way that it happens um so you know, and my path was super long and winding to get to to this point, you know, I mean, I've, I've invested, you know, 25 years into this. Um, There's very few overnight success stories that just, you know, there's a lot of working hard in the background. Nashville is known as a 10 year town, you know, that it takes people 10 years to really kind of break through. Um, And I think that's, I think it's true throughout the industry i think that is one one truth is that you know there's such thing as not being ready for certain opportunities yet you don't and you you wouldn't want that opportunity yet because you might misrepresent your own potential that you might have later but then you've blown your shot you know that's not to say don't take risks and don't put yourself out there but you know like the kind of stuff we're talking about that It's really important to put in the time and put in the work and and look around you and and find that crew and build your build your network in that kind of way. And, and like I said, like, for what happened to me here in Nashville, I wasn't going and booking meetings with publishers, the moment I got here and knocking on their door and giving them my, you know, saying here, this is what I do. I just started writing with friends of friends and you know. And then those friends told another friend, hey, you guys would, you guys would probably write really, really well together. And so then we wrote, and then, you know, inevitably, a few people that had publishing deals and publishers were in my room, and we were writing, and their publishers heard me. And then I started getting a couple meetings here and there, and they wanted to find out who I was. And that's so much better if they're the ones calling you and saying, hey, I heard you're in town, heard your stuff. I'd really like to just say hello and get to know you, you know, and and then you have a first meeting, and then maybe you don't talk for another year. Like, it takes time, you know, my current publishing deal with Sony happened um, in 2020. And I had met uh, Rusty Gaston, who signed me, um, you know, two years before that, um, when I produced a song that one of his writers had written you know? And so he heard my work, we met, and then we didn't, we talked maybe once or twice a year between then. And then, you know, eventually he signed me to a deal, but it's a slow process. And it, it's, you got to play it cool a little, <laughs> you,
0: know? <Absolutely. laughs> you know, like a
2: relationship, think about it like dating, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta be cool a little.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you might meet a person and not really reconnect for five to 10 years. And you don't know where they're going to be and who they know when you reconnect. You totally uh,
2: don't know. It, it can well, really, we
0: haven't you. talked in years. <laughs> this is our first time talking in years, a private example, uh, exactly. you, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I really learned a lot about the power of relationships in the sense that, you know, I mentioned, I worked for live nation. It was, I was a freelance graphics, web guy, and I got a phone call on a Monday. And I've shared this story before, but uh, it's like I get a phone call on Monday and it's like, I hear you do web and Photoshop. Yeah. Great. Do you have a resume? No. I'm too busy. It was out of date. No. do you have a portfolio? Not too busy. Sorry. Do you have a website? I was out of date. So I took it down like the worst interview phone call (laughs) ever. And they're like, but you can do Photoshop and web. Yes. Great. I'll send you assets and call you back. And uh, I'm, this is old days, like 2000, I think 2001, something like that, where there's no Google Drive and you had to send one photo per email. And I'm downloading and it's like Rolling Stones, Mariah Carey and all this stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, this is Live Live Nation. Wow. And and he called me back and he said, so you probably guessed it's Live Nation. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, but you can do this? Yeah, good, because it's due tomorrow morning. And uh, so the thing was I got it because I gave the worst impression but their impression was who they called and what they said like they called their friend who was the best one of my best friends and they normally would call him like that was that circle that they were in and it's like oh you do photoshop and web and he's like I'm really busy I can't Daryl can and it's he trusted his circle. So Patrick was the one that said I could and he trusted Patrick. I'm the new guy and saying, yeah, I don't have anything you could look at, but hire me. And, and that lasted for eight or nine years. And it led to like rebranding the company, launching VIP nation and lots of things. So you just don't know when you're getting a call or from who, Uh, but the more people talking about you, the more calls you're going to get.
2: And the thing about that, too, is that your friend recommended you because they believed in your work. And at the end of the day, it really comes down to if you do really good work. Your name is going to start getting out there because people will recommend you if you're not doing the work at that level yet, they, you might not get recommended. That doesn't mean you won't get there. It just might mean that you're not at the right spot yet for someone to stick their neck out for you. Because it's their reputation too. What's in it for them? They wanna, If they're going to recommend you to someone, one of their contacts that they've worked to build that trust and that relationship with, you know, they need to feel like they're bringing something of value to their, conne- their, their connection. So if they're going to recommend you, you need to be a great recommendation.
0: Hey, listener, you're listening to our podcast, which is a recorded session from one of our other online sessions. Every Tuesday, you can tune in and be part of it at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that is Toronto time. For those of you listening in from different parts of the world, uh, it's our Indie Weekly, and that means we talk with music industry professionals, artists, all about the music business. It's a great way to connect with others as we have people tuning in from around the world. We encourage dropping links, sharing, DMing, making real connections while learning about the music industry and uh, hearing from music industry professionals. So once again, that's Indie Weekly every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Toronto time. And to sign up, just head over to IndieWeek.com and all the information is there. And we're back. Yeah, that's you made the, the biggest point is it's their reputation on the line. And, yeah. and what it means is if you get a call, respect it. And if you take it on respect that you're actually, it's not just your reputation, but it's someone else's reputation that's on the line. And if you yeah. don't, yeah. if you're not a nice person to work with, and if you're difficult. And if you don't do a good job or respect the work, then that goes against the other person. And you'll never get a recommendation again. Totally. So, so that's huge in this business, huge. Um, you know, so, um, let me ask you this, um, COVID times, how did you get through those two years? Um, uh, were you still able to produce remotely and, and keep things moving and songwriting or, um, how did that affect your business? I'm just sort of curious how, what Nashville was kind of like as well during that, cause it's a live yeah. town, you know?
2: It was, well, it was interesting for me because I feel like I had a very lucky experience in that the stuff with Mickey, um, Like I said, when that snowball started, it was literally a couple weeks before everything shut down. I had already established a a years long relationship writing and working with her. And when we wrote that one song and performed it at that conference that I mentioned, and that was kind of the thing that that launched things rolling much faster. um, We already had a well-established relationship and she was very proactive about, okay, well, I want to keep working on this record. I want to keep writing um so she got proactive about doing zoom sessions and um and we worked out you know recording remotely so you know i gave her a list of stuff to buy (laughs) she got a new laptop she got a microphone she got an audio interface i got her set up and then we did a lot of her record like a lot of her ep EP and her record because she you know she was stuck in la i was in nashville um and uh you know, a lot of it was her in her bedroom singing into her microphone and I was controlling her screen through zoom and running her laptop while she sat back and sang. and it was like she was in a vocal booth, you know, 3000 kilometers away or something so. um, And I ended up doing a few records with with artists that way I did. um, I did an EP with Carly June she was up in Canada and and I was. Recording her vocals while she was there, we setting I t- taught her how to build a vocal tent in her bedroom <laughs> with sticky notes um you have to get creative, you know, and uh from a songwriting standpoint, I signed my pub deal right at the beginning of Covid I was really thankful again that the timing it worked out that it was already kind of underway, the paperwork was already underway, and i you know all my rights kind of just moved to zoom. most people were pretty cool with wanting to do that um so i was really the busiest i've ever been during COVID, especially that first two years i was kind of like running off my ass like really busy um which i feel very grateful for i know that that wasn't the case for everyone but for me it was it was unusually crazy
0: yeah it's it it was and and you know one of the things about our business is and i've said this a, a few times just in recognition is a lot, of, a lot of people are resilient and creative and and we get through stuff it, it may be difficult but we do end up on the other side and and moving forward and it says a lot how you were able to shuffle and shift to to keep moving forward uh and and you know grammy nominated as a result like <laughs> would you have ever thought you know hey we're going to get shut down we're not going to be able to record in the same studio i'm doing it on zoom and hey we got a Grammy nomination out of it.
2: Again, like I said, you never know what's going to happen, even a couple of weeks down the road. Sometimes, but uh, I do think that again, one of the things that helped prepare me—I I had no idea that it would it would help prepare me for for a pandemic type of shutdown situation. But you know, I've spent 25 years working in less than ideal circumstances and trying to find creative workarounds for weird things, and and I'm also personally i mean there's a lot of different kinds of ways that people make records in nashville um my style is more influenced by a pop style of record making where i do a lot of stuff myself i do a lot of stuff but in my in my room myself i will use outside players but i don't rely on taking a band into a studio you know and having 10 people in there and cutting a record that way i've done records that way but I don't rely on that. And that's often not my first choice. I might bring in a band later after all the frameworks there, or I might only um, record a few musicians, you know, overdubs. So that was really well suited to the lockdown because I could send tracks out to my drummer who has a great studio in his in his home and i could send tracks to a guitar player and we could be sending stuff back and forth and i didn't have to worry about the logistics of you know trying to trying to make a record that involved a lot of people all in one room you know
0: yeah and there's something he said that really sort of stands out to me it, and i i think of the word experience um I I think in this digital age, a lot of people are starting by creating at home on their laptops, and I get that. But I feel, you know, like I'm I'm old, so I I did the cover band circuit, like you know, where the hotel we stayed in wasn't the best, Uh, no grounding for any microphones, and getting shocked every time, and we were there singing for a week and uh getting a van broken into being left in one city with a by the road crew like there's so many countless things that happen that kind of gets you to be a bit resilient and uh that experience kind of allows you to like when something happens you're not as sort of freaked out about it you're just like ah that's another thing and we'll get through it um so i think that's what you kind of resonated it's like you know 20 plus years experience we can we can navigate this
2: yeah and you, you just you you find a way you know i mean yeah i've i've made records in basements and bedrooms and kitchens and you know all sorts of weird situations that you know you you figure it out and and being creative and, and not not being tied to it having to be a certain you know, must be this, this piece of gear all the time. And it has to be this way. And I must be in this studio. And I I can't make a record until I own this microphone or or this particular guitar or, or this interface, like do it with what you got. And because people are making amazing records on their iPhones now. (laughs) And you know, like, don't let any of those kinds of external things limit you because sometimes having to be creative and having to try things in a weird different way actually is what makes you stand out, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that there's a lot of phrases that I've tried to eliminate, like, Oh, I'll be happy when, or if only I could, and just sort of go, go forward, you know, yeah. just, this is what I'm doing and, and this is what I want to want to do. You know, um, you know, we're here online this is Indie week. We were a festival of 240 plus bands and 24 venues. Like we had to change. And, and, uh, if anything, we've, we've found that this experience is actually really rewarding. We're connecting with people around the world. We're having great conversations and, and we're connecting people. So. We have to, you know, adjust. Um, Karen, I got to say, uh, I'm so proud of you. Um, you. you know, uh, Back home in Toronto, I'm in L.A. right now. Uh, I was going to show this, but I'm not home. But uh, I found a Karen Kazowski CD release party at the Cameron House poster. (laughs) So I remember those shows. Uh, And I'm so proud of all the things that you've been doing and watching your story. And Emily is a a big part. So um, thank you for spending some time with us. Is there any last thing you want to mention to our audience? or one last tip?
2: I think just follow your passion and don't let all the other stuff get in the way, you know? Go for the thing that gives you the feels. If you're getting the feels from it, someone else is gonna get the feels from it. And none of the other stuff matters. If you're not getting the feels, no one's gonna care. Give them a reason to care.
0: I love that. Uh, Karen, uh, let's not wait 15, 20 years to talk again. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> um, We'll stay in touch. Um, And if I'm in Nashville, I'll probably uh, hit you up for a coffee or something like that. Absolutely.
2: uh, Come by the studio. We'll have a bourbon.
0: There we (laughs) go. The Nashville way. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for
2: having me. I'm really, I'm really honored to be here and talking to y'all. All
1: All right. So that does it for this week. Big thanks for listening. Thank you to uh, Karen for having made the time to join Daryl back at Indie Week 2022 for that conversation. As always, you can head over to IndieWeek.com to see what's coming up. In this case, our next online conference is uh, screen by screen happening February 7th and 9th. If you're interested in the world of music and technology, where they intersect, or really just feel like you need to get better versed in where all of this is going, whether it's things like crypto or blockchain or metaverse and all these things you hear about and for a lot of us don't really understand what they are or at least how they're applicable to our lives and careers. Uh, Screen by Screen is really the place to, uh, you know, go do that. Learn and plan and connect. You know, as self-serving as it is for me to say at this point, honestly, even before I worked at <laughs> New Week, uh, Screen by Screen I always really enjoyed and found extremely interesting. But, um, yeah, anyways, before we go, of course, just one more big thank you to our sponsors and funders. This project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. And we also thank Slate Music, CD Baby, Actor Racks, CMRRA. Lyric Find, Banzoogle, SEMA, City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, and the SoCan Foundation. And uh, lastly, just follow us on social media. Indie Week is out there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, and you you know the drill. All right, that's enough talking from me. All right, I hope you have a good week. Stay safe. We'll see you back here again next Thursday.